What's good, everybody? It's your girl, Taylor, with the Chronicles of She. Let's do this! Welcome to the Chronicles of She. Happy Friday, y'all. It's so good to be up in the building. I know y'all are just getting home from work, school, and ready to dive into the tea. Now... We got a special guest coming through tonight. We got rap star Josh Jacobs coming through. And tonight is very special for him. He just released I Know Now Part 1 last week. And tonight he is here to discuss I Know Now Part 2 right here on the Chronicles of She. Now, if y'all have not been watching my stories about Josh and me putting up his music, y'all need to go to your nearest SoundCloud, Spotify, and check out I Know Now Part 1 and 2. And you can check it out tonight because it's dropping as we speak and Josh is going to be discussing the inspiration behind I Know Now and I Know Now Part 2. This is a deep album I see from him. It's very deep and it's personal that I can see very beautiful and the artwork is just amazing really you guys I can tell I can tell right now to know this man is to love him and I'm going to enjoy speaking with him tonight now let's dive into the facts about our guest raised in East New York Brooklyn deeply drug infested and poverty stricken Jacobs lived with his grandparents while his mother and father worked to support him. It was at this early age where he was introduced to the urban sounds of hip-hop. Due to the separation of his parents before his birth, Josh never knew what it was like to live a normal life, visiting three to four different households throughout the week until his grandparents moved back to Puerto Rico and he was forced to move in with his mother. Nonetheless, family was the most important thing to him which made the separation of his family more daunting and lonely. Diagnosed with depression at at age 10, the presence of a new stepfather he resented, toxic relationship cycles, desecrated, fear of abandonment, and a constant yearning for love and acceptance, Jacobs was in search of an escape. He eventually found that escape in sports, music, the arts, and movies. After the separation of his mother and stepfather, their relocation from Brooklyn to Queens and the rebuilding of his relationship with his parents, Jacob would go on to graduate from college with two degrees in criminal justice. He spent most of his teenage years writing and recording, performing and developing his skills set from freestyle rap to battle rap to songwriting. It was then that he knew music was what he wanted to do for the rest of his life from writing rhymes in the basement of his stepfather's house to performing live. Josh Jacobs continues on his quest for enlightenment while using his story as an example in helping others to better their lives. Invoked by vengeance, happiness, purpose, and inspiration, Josh Jacobs delivers driving melodies with harmony and creating rhythm with wordplay to get his sound and message across. With his own ferocious performance style and savvy lyrics of redemption, Josh is also inspired by Eminem's delivery, Kanye's diversity, Kendrick Lamar's storytelling, and Florence and the Machine's instrumentation. 
The self-proclaimed son of Nun uses a pen and pad and a microphone as tools for the reconstruction of his life. Josh Jacobs harness harnesses those demons from within, using them as fuel to entertain with high energy and emotional performances. Combining his influences, inspirations, and experiences, Josh Jacobs is an introspective son of hip-hop. Well, let's meet the son. Everyone, please welcome Josh Jacobs. Let this be your finest hour 
See your strength, see the things that make you great. Let the tears roll off your face, but know this wasn't your mistake. See your passion, see your pain. Let it shape you as you gain. Know you're not the one to blame, so let it all just fade away. I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you 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 Hello. What's going on? What's going on? Mm, oh, I'm just enjoying this wonderful night and welcome to the Chronicles of She. I'm so happy to have you on, Josh. What is going on? How's everything? It's going good. How's everything going? Tonight's a very special night for you. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's very special. Yes. First off, I'd like to say I'm so happy to have you on to talk about I Know Now, part one and two. And I was just reading your bio and it's so it's mm, I felt a piece of me in in what I read about you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm really getting to know all the facts about you, the tea and Hennessy. Like, well, I'm gonna let you know. We see we sip tea and Hennessy on this podcast. Oh, if you uh, mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, I, it's funny. I actually was on another radio interview yesterday. I haven't had Henny in forever, so they, really, they were like, "If you're if you're gonna get on this podcast, you gotta take a shot of Henny with us before we start." I'm like, "Oh God!" And, <laughs> I, used, and I used to be like the super like drink Hennessy with uh, cranberry and get messed up, but those days. Wow. Are <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Well, you got your choice. Whatever you comfortable with, you whether you comfortable with tea, you can have Hennessy. It's it's whatever. Give me give me the tea for now. I'm on, I'm on the tea. All right, I'll give you tea. I'll give you tea. I'll have the Hennessy because that's my that's my go to drink on here. Ahead, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's great to have you on, and I've been really, I've been, I've been really effing with I I know now. It's really it's beautiful. Thank you so much, I, mean, I appreciate it. I put a lot of uh, a lot of myself into this project and um, a lot of thought. It's uh, I told as I've told other people in other radio shows and podcasts, it's been about five years in the making. So it's mm. like this is this has been a long road to releasing this project because it's been my baby forever. Um, a lot of these tracks have been previously recorded and done for years now. Um, some of them were recent, some of them weren't, and it was just like I needed, I just felt like it needed to be perfect or as close to perfect as possible. And mm-hmm. it was just so near and dear to me that I didn't even, I even had second thoughts of even releasing it because of how personal it was. And, um, you know, when this whole thing hit with uh, COVID and, and quarantine, 
I just felt it was the right time to uh, to release this project because I feel like uh, one, I feel timing is everything, and two, in the state that most of this world is in right now, um, we're hurting. A lot of us are, are not doing too great in reference to what's going on. So, and with the content on this album, I feel like it'll be good for the people who are taking this time to look inward and to really uh, find themselves and, and what they're looking for. Uh, may it be in career choice, may it be in self-love, may it be in love for others and relationships and, and uh, digging deep into, you know, wound, old wounds and because we, you're forced to really stay indoors and and sit with yourself and really try to think about you know what it is that you feel like you've dealt with um, for a long time that you that you haven't addressed yet and um, how you feel about it and what can you do to get better from it. Mm. Wow. Mm. Okay, you just answered one of my questions. I was just about to ask, would you consider I Know Now part one and two different from your previous albums? And you just answered it perfectly. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. Okay. Cool. Well, to be honest, my, my pre- even my previous projects are old. My, my music, for the most part, for the better part of 10 years, the last 10 years, have always been very introspective. I mean, even from when I started, um, I started at a different moniker under a name called J-Kid. And um, that was when I first started. And, uh, you know, obviously I still had maybe a, a few, one or two tracks, three tracks that were personal. But back in those days, it wasn't really about getting too personal for me. I was more into like the art of rap and the craft and, you know, punchlines and metaphors. Mm-hmm. Being so, mm-hmm. fan, you know, fanatic about them, you know, and, and wanting to, you know, spit and have people go ooh and ah, like, oh, he, what he just said. But as I got older and I matured as an artist, I really felt like I wanted to give people more substance than um, than like fan, uh, fanaticism and, mm-hmm. and, and, and like excitement. Like, obviously I want to excite people, but I want to touch them more in a way that's going to hit a nerve and make them think. And um, that's when I became a little more introspective. And throughout my life, you know, as you grow, as you grow, as life passes and you grow, you get to you know understand yourself more, and that's when I was like, you know what? I feel like I can connect with people more by telling them my story, because I think that it's more than just me that goes through this. I think it's a lot of people, and mm. um, so that's that's what I've always done. But in this specific project, I was answering questions at the same time I was finding myself. It's different when you just make a blanket statement on a track where it's just, it, it is what it is. Like, this, this, there's no conceptually, it's not that complicated. Yeah. But, but in this project, I really went in depth with trying to create different songs to speak from different, like, perspectives. Not just of my own, but other putting myself in other people's shoes and understanding logistically, uh, you know, situations in life that I think we all go through, especially, you know, minorities and, and teens. And um, oh, speak it, and, speak it. Yeah, yeah, going into adulthood and and realizing, you know, certain things that were that you thought you understood before 
people don't understand now. Um, you know, thinking about old wounds and not understanding what they mean or how they affect you later on in life. And mm. um, and and I felt like you know these were all questions that I had in my head. Um, which, 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 based off the conception, you know, the inception of this project and the conception, I was like, I really want to first, I want to break it into two parts because originally this was a whole album, it was 14 tracks, and I'm like, I, I don't want to give too, you know, people too much uh, in a whole in the whole album without them understanding that there's two different perspectives, and I know now the title in itself is pretty much the answer. It's like you know when you when you know something you 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 get an understanding for what it means and what it means to you and where where these answers come from to these specific mm. questions that you go through in your life. So it's pretty much like ah, like those aha moments. Like oh, now I understand why I have struggles with relationships because my parents had struggles with relationships. Ah, uh, now I understand why I have a drinking problem because I go through X Y Z um, in my own life and I, I use drinking or smoking or popping pills to cope into that pain you know uh you know things were like something like uh, my song c that's on the project it's very mm. one one of the hits on the to me one of the hits on the project that people are actually listening to the most and giving me the most feedback on which was a throw-in that wasn't even part of the original process it came later but it, it came from a, a place of you know rape culture and 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 um and uh you know things that happen and abuse and things that happen to not only to women but to men and oh, um and it's yes. very deep and and people you know people don't want to talk about it but i feel it's something that needs to be addressed and and to let those people know that we still see that i you know we still see them as loved ones and as people that care for them we see you we love you we understand you we know we can't take away your pain but we want to be there for you as much as possible um so things like that conceptually all went into this project and was a big part of myself and part of you know part partly speaking from the perspective of people that I spoke to who have went through these certain things as well so I tried to put myself in them these songs and try to convey the emotion as much as possible yet have the lyrics be understandable enough for people to see the growth and the understanding between what I thought I knew and what I know now Oh my goodness! Oh, oh, um, wow! This mm. now I'm now I'm just ready to get down to the nitty gritty. This is this is my favorite. This is this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part of of the show is that I get to get down to your story and just by giving you just by you giving that synopsis of like how you create. Now I'm mm, now it's my turn. All right. You have a strong blend of lyricism and a, a, con a conscientious impact of truth telling. Sorry, I'm a bit, I'm a bit tongue tied these days. Right. But, and listening to the songs, "Sun," "Love Me," "See," I want to break down those. So I'm gonna take you back. I'm gonna take you back to the days that when you were a shorty. What was your childhood like growing up in East New York? Now I know you moved to many places. What did you see out there in the world? I want to know how was Josh, Josh Jacobs was created. 
So Josh Jacobs was created. Um, all right, so I was born and raised in East New York, Brooklyn. Uh, my dad, mm-hmm. I am the son of two um, uh, New Yorkians, if you will. Uh, my okay. my parents, my both my parents were born in Puerto Rico, but they were both babies when they came to the country. So, you know, it's safe to say they're more New York than they are, you know, from the island. But Puerto Rican, nonetheless. Um, I live in a full house, you know, with my mother my grandparents who I adore they're probably the biggest part of my story besides my parents um you know my with my uncles with my uncle Chino my uncle Richie my uncle Joe we were all in the same house on my mama's side my mother's side and then a couple blocks down my father lived with my you know you know he lived on his own but you know he went out on his own but my grandparents lived a couple blocks down my aunt lived right up the street so we were all in close proximity to each other my, so I'm very tight knit with my family. Um, I love family. Family means the world to me. But at a very young age, I really hardly saw my parents. My parents worked to support me. Um, they had me fairly young. I mean, my mom was 20. My dad was, uh, I believe, uh, probably the 20s, 28, something like that. 27, 28. And mm. so, so, you know, it was... Uh, it was different, you know, it was, well, not, not even 28. I think he was young. He was younger than that, but I know my dad's older than my mother, but in any case, you know, it was just different. I mean, I, I mainly lived with my grandparents, but I always wondered about my parents and where they, you know, where they were and how they were and why I didn't see them much. And my grandparents always told me, you know, that they're fine. They're, they're, they're working, Papi, you know, they'll be, they'll be home soon. So mm. I kind of felt not like somewhat abandoned at a young age because I just felt like I didn't see them much. I saw my dad on the weekends because my parents were separated before I was even born. So that's one. Okay. My dad wasn't in the household. I, I was a, he was a weekend dad, but it wasn't his fault. He, if it was his choice, he would have probably seen me more. But, you know, it was, that's just how it goes. Uh, you know, who, who, someone who has parents that are separated knows what's up as far as dad and, you know, child mm. support. So, you know, my dad was, my dad wasn't really there all the time. So, and I saw him on the weekends. My mother hardly saw him during the week. And I was, you know, I would wonder where they were. And I grew up in a rough neighborhood in East New York. Um, I didn't have many friends. I was, I was a loner, so to speak. I didn't have any siblings. So I was an only child. Um, and I was always with my grandparents. So my grandparents raised me from the time I was born, you know, roughly from the time I was born till about thir- like 13 or 14 when they when they left to Puerto Rico. Um, and then so during that time, you know, I developed this loneliness. I felt, you know, I, I really didn't relate to other people. I was very shy, very quiet. Mm. Um, you know, I really didn't talk much, but I found solace in music. You know, my, my, my mother and my dad were avid hip-hop music fans. Um, not just, not just you know, of hip-hop, but of music in general. My mom was a dancer for In Living Color. Uh, she, oh, really? Well, she was, she auditioned for the show. She had made it to the final, and then um, she lost to somebody named Jennifer Lopez. So, <laughs> oh, sh- oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Hey, listen, it happens. Like, yeah, like, it happens. But you know that my mother always tells me, you know, man, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. You know, so I, I think I pass it on to the next generation for you. 
so I think that's dope. And my mother used to tell me stories of when I was in her belly, you know, she used to play hip hop music and she used to put the headphones on her belly for me to hear the music while I was in bed. So, so, you know, it was just ironic that when I came out and I heard music, I just, I turned into a different person. I started dancing, I'd start singing, I start running around the house, like music was my shit. Um, and then eventually I went into artistry, you know, rap drawing and stuff like that. But growing up in that neighborhood, you really couldn't do much. Like I was kind of stuck in the house. Um, mm. my, my, my grandparents were very weary of me going outside. Um, so was my mom because it was just a rough neighborhood. Um, you know, you couldn't really do much. And then when they moved to Starlight City and my mother wound up moving out and going to, you know, um, Howard Beach, it was just different. I, I lived between houses, so I never really had a full-on home. It was, I was always traveling to like three different places. Um, so, so with that being said, I don't have the roughest upbringing, but at the same time, it did affect me mentally. Um, mm. I suffered from depression, um, you know, at a young age, and you know, I was under a lot of stress. When my mom got um, married to my stepfather at the time. That, yes, that's another part of my chapter because my stepfather verbally abused me. Oh my goodness! And um, he just wasn't the nicest person to me, and and you know he he really damaged my you know part of the reason that damaged my self esteem. My parents loved me very much, but my parents were also they had a they had dark pasts and both of them. Um, right. So so a lot of the anger that they had you know with themselves and with their own situations they kind of took it out on me in a, on a lot of occasions so I, I got the brunt of the punishment yeah you I don't think everybody's been in that been in that situation where you know when you're upset and nobody else is around you, you tend to take the anger out whoever is closest to you oh yes and, yes I've been I've been in that situation being the receiver of it or being the basically the perpetrator of it. Yeah. So so that was so that was what happened, and um, you know, so it really damaged my self esteem at a at a young age, and um, music was my solace. So I was always listening to Biggie, Pop, um, Rock, Eric B and Rock Camp, Public Enemy, EP, um, EPMD, um, Tribe Called Quest, KRS One. Like my dad introduced me to hip hop heavy. But it wasn't until I heard Eminem that it was just like a whole different level of love for it. Like it was like, okay, I enjoyed hearing it. Now I feel like writing it because mm. I, I related to Eminem on a deeper level just based off of what he talked about and the emotion that he invoked in his lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Listening to the, I bought the Marshall Mathers LP um, with my own money. It's the first project that I ever bought with my own money. It was from allowance that my grandmother gave me. Mm. And, and um, it was just, it was a whole different experience for me. And I was just like, yo, this is it. This is what I want to do. Like, this is, I love this. And so I started writing, started doing poetry and trying to emulate Eminem. And then it turned from that to like listening to more Dipset and, and, and G-Unit and what they were talking about. And I developed my own style but at the same time I developed that look like I wanted to look gangster I wanted to look 
the part. I wanted to feel that way. I wanted to feel strong and empowered and mm-hmm. you know, like that dude, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it was it. Hip hop did a lot for me at that point. It, it gave me a you know almost like a purpose to try to fulfill. And um, but I, I found myself getting lost in it because. I loved it so much that it it, it kind of my ego got flared up. And oh, it, oh, okay. Now we gotta talk about that. Oh, uh, so oh okay. Go on. A, it became more of a you know, I, I I became more of Josh Jacobs, like the rapper, and not and lost sight of who Joshua Cabrera was, which oh. is my movie. So so it for a while I was lost as an artist because you know I I started you know transitioning from being myself to being this alter ego so to speak and I got used to it and when I started noticing that is when I started wanting to become more conscious and and get go on this self journey because although I was very confident if you listen to my old works as a young dude I was I was I was sick. I, I was so my, I was oozing with charisma and confidence, which was great. But it was it was a falsehood in a sense because I was really trying to mask what I was lacking. Oh yeah. And and once I started to you know to notice you know how my how my raps contradicted my real lifestyle is when I was I had to take a step back almost like time out like. What am I really about, and what am I doing this for? Mm. And uh, you know, I, I slowly changed up and went in more of a conscious route and tried to use my music as a means to cleanse my soul, <laughs> so to speak, like to to speak my truth. To um to and it's funny because even today when I listen to some of my older songs or, or the works that I had two three years ago, it's kind of like when I'm going through something in my life and I feel like I don't have the answer, sometimes I'll just listen to a track and I'll be like, oh shit, like I went through this same thing two or three years ago and this was the answer to my question on this mm-hmm. song right here, which says that I do know what I need to do in this situation. I'm just feeling this pain right now and I just have to feel it and let it go and understand that I'm going to be all right and things are going to change. So that's pretty, pretty much been my whole process which is why I, you know, at this at this very moment as an artist, I view mental health on a whole different level. Like I realize, I really feel like mental health is a big thing with people. And I think if, if your mental health, you know, if you take care of your mental health consistently, it'll definitely help you moving forward. So mm-hmm. I want to do that as an artist, you know, help, mm-hmm. help them at least, like help them, but try, by helping myself at the same time, and, and creating content and music that that they can listen to and relate to. That is powerful, especially to want to put that out in music, and that especially in time in the time of like we're in a coronavirus and we're also living in a world that is so judgmental. It's like it's it's harder for people to be themselves, and when you have an artist such as yourself putting yourself in other people's shoes, we're not alone. Speaking of some, speaking for myself because I am, um, I have, I have autism. I am also yes, and I am also a survivor of emotional and verbal abuse. Wow. Yes. Wow. So, 
when I hear music like this, is such as your song, Love Me and See, it made me connect with the trauma that I faced growing up and what I had gone through three years ago when I was in a, when I was in a basically an emotionally abusive friendships. Wow. I was in a, mm-hmm. And it just, it made me connect like, oh my goodness, it's like my past is, and the what I went through is just speaking to me and it's saying that you're stronger than this. And I've, everybody who is li- who tonight is going to be listening to I Know Now Part 1 and 2 will see that. Whether it is has to do with abuse, sexual abuse, psychological abuse, self-esteem issues, whether you have a disability or you're suffering from mental illness. Yes, yes. It's all, it's all encompassed. And, and I, I really am happy that, that, that you have taken the time because... What you went through isn't easy. I know that for a fact. No. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 so hard to go through the day to day, especially with autism. That's I, I I have I have a you know, my landlord, her son is is, is autistic. Um mm. autistic and he's just he's just such a beautiful soul. You know? Mm. And, and yes. I, just your heart your heart hurts for him sometimes because, you know, it, you he, he doesn't understand certain things and yeah and, and, and you got to be patient world, with him yes the patience you have to you know to to have with him and and you know imagine being my landlord and who's my also my good friend and and trying to you know explain to your son why things are the way they are when he looks at the world today he sees it with like such brightness and mm-hmm. not to say that the world is dark because we want him to continue to see a light, but we also, you know, she also has to explain to him the dark things that are going on, you know? Exactly, and, to keep and, to keep him yeah. safe. Yeah, and to, be, to have him be aware, you know, of certain, you know, things that he may do that, that others may not like. Like, to, mm-hmm. him, it's, to him, it's a loving gesture. But to yes. them, like chill, like no, yeah. That's how people are nowadays, and and it's just it's hard. You know, you look at COVID. Nobody want to get next to you if you sneeze. So it's kind of like you know, being being somebody who is who who is autistic and high functioning. He mm-hmm. wants to he wants to hug everybody. He has yeah, like he wants he just wants to show you love. And you yeah. Got Especially in day and time like this, like whoa, 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 get away from me! Like don't hug me. Oh goodness, yeah, yeah. that's got a, That's very rough on him, especially with. I just I find that so sweet that he just wants to show everybody love and affection, you know, and affection. Just like oh my goodness, I would I would just love a hug right now. Yeah, but you know, at, at the end of the day, it's point point being, it's not easy, you know, going no. through what you've gone through. So I commend you, um, especially for even having the platform to even talk about it. Like that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This well, this platform and I, it was, it was not easy to um, come up with this platform. But it, since the day that I walked away from the the abusive relationships that I was in. And I took a step back and to see like what was missing from my life and what I was truly hiding from, because I was I was afraid of change. Sometimes with with us with us um with us people with autism, it's very hard for us to adapt and accept change. But mm-hmm. in this in the situation that I was in, I really felt like 
look, if I don't, if I don't make a change here, I'm going to be stuck and I'm not going to grow from it. Cause if I stay in the same situation that I'm in with my previous show, because it was not going the way I wanted to. So I just, yeah. I got rid of, I got rid of the old show. I came to anchor and it's yeah. been, it's been a blessing ever since. It's been, a, it's been a blessing ever since then. I think my, my really good friend, James Bradley for basically pushing me to get on this platform. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Shout out to James Bradley, wherever you are right now. I love you for that. I love you forever, my brother, for putting me on here. Cause shout out James. Mm-hmm. Man, if he was here right now, he'd be he would be talking your ear off. They'd be very insightful with you. He 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 would love you. Seriously, I gotta. <laughs> I will. I will definitely send. I know now part one and two to him whenever he decides to come back onto Facebook because I haven't heard from him in a while. But I love you, my brother, and I shout you out completely. But everybody, and anybody who is going to listen to I know now part one and two tonight, you will get. You're going to get the full experience of Jane of of Josh Jacobs. Of Josh Jacobs, and you're gonna feel a piece of yourself in it. Now, with your songs, "Sun," "Love Me," "See," "Don't Kill the Messenger," and "In Due Time," those are all pieces of your story, and it's also pieces of our stories. Yeah. With with "Sun," now I'm gonna go back to the question with when you were dealing with your just with your with your stepfather. What was it? that made you keep going even though what he was doing to you what was something that he always told you that you couldn't do and you took it and ran with it well it was music I mean he well of course yeah well the thing was to to elaborate on that I mean I played I was an athlete so I played every sport I played basketball I played football I played baseball I box, like I did everything. Did everything I like he even coached he coached me uh, while I was playing basketball. Oh, 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 so he was that type of Yeah. He, he, he was he was that type of stepfather, okay. Yeah. He was always he was always on the court yeah, with you, so that, you couldn't get away yeah, from him. At that, yeah, at that point he was on the court. He just wanted to be a part of it. You know, my dad my dad coached me in baseball and he was he was a little short tempered as well. Um, mm-hmm. But that was when I was younger. I mean, he, thank God, me and my dad have a way better relationship now. But our relationship was a little hard even when I was younger, just because we didn't understand each other. Um, and there was always this this need for perfection in his eyes. When perfection is, you know, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, real, you know, it's it's some. So I always, nothing was ever good enough. I grew up at that point, you know, where. Nothing was ever good enough for anybody, including myself. Like because I, I always, Ooh. I always found a flaw in something. Like you know, if I, I well, I scored thirty points, but I missed these three shots, <laughs> or I, I, I scored two touchdowns, but that one run I got hit hard and I fumbled. Like shit like that. I never really took the, the second to look at my wins. I always looked at my losses. Yeah. So with my stepfather, like, you know, I remember when I told when I started rapping and one day we were in a car and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm on my phone. I'm just writing, you know, some rhymes. I have books, but whenever, like at that time, like now I write completely on my phone. 
But at the time, I used to write in, in my notebooks. I used to have notebooks upon notebooks of rhymes. And, um, you know, when I wasn't in my, I wasn't there, I, you know, start jotting them down. I remember back in the day, the sidekicks. Oh, yes. Yes. I believe my father had one of those. Yeah, I used to go on my little notepad on my sidekick and start writing rhymes in there. So as as I would write them, you know, at that time when I was writing them, he said what I was doing. I told him while I'm writing rhymes and he's like, for what? So I said, because I want to record this song. Because I was, I would take at the time when I first started writing, I would go to this after school program at my junior high school, and I would record them. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, you know, hip hop isn't real music. Excuse me. Yeah, he he was he was more of a, a old school dude and techno like and and house music and shit. Like he was into more of that and. Um, you know, Z like the Z the Z one hundred, uh, ninety eight point seven Kiss FM at the time, like mm-hmm. he was into that shit. So, you know, he would tell me, you know, why are you listening to that? That's not real music. You know what I'm saying? And you know, it's not like you're gonna go anywhere with it. So, so <sighs> that that was something. And then you know, when I was when I was playing basketball, I would OD like I was really good. If there's one thing that I can say about myself is I've become good at pretty much anything I really set my mind to. You know, I, that's just the type of person I am. I'm very competitive. So it's like, if oh, you can, okay. put me in an arena with something, you say, you can't do this, I'm going to find a way to get it done. And I'm going to find a way to be good at it. So, um, you know, and, and I do it just based off of the anger I have, which is part of the reason why the music I do in your previous question about what made me keep going was was just the fact that 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 um, prove you wrong gene that I developed was like oh okay so you said I can't do this cool which is what my stepfather did and I always always wanted to prove him wrong he told me he told me that I went. I can't play basketball. I actually got scouted by Chrysler King. I didn't play for them, but the fact that I even got scouted was something that was great. I got scouted mm-hmm. by Malloy and Chrysler King, um, I, and I won a championship the year that he said that, which was funny because I was just like, hey, "You say I'm too short to play basketball, I should, but yet I just, I just wanted, I just won you a championship. You're my coach, but I won you the championship because I was the dude going off every night." scoring like 30 you know <laughs> you know what I'm like, at my height at my height at that time I was nice like I was good and but it was more of an anger that drove me you know what I'm mm. saying it was it wasn't it was it, it was just crazy I, like I don't know if any of the other kids felt that I don't know if the, any of the other kids went through that you know maybe that's why you know I was uh, at a little bit more of a level but anybody who saw the last dance documentary that Jordan that they did on Michael Jordan knows what I'm talking about like Jordan used to find a reason to be competitive like he used to make up make up the fact that like if if the other somebody on the other team dissed him like just to just to motivate him to like I'm gonna kill this dude like I'm gonna Mm. go on the court and kill this dude and my gene was you said I couldn't do it, so I'm gonna do it. So if you said that I was next, I'm too, I'm too short to play basketball. I'm gonna prove to you why. Yeah, I'm short, but I could still bust your ass. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, that's, so, that's, so that's what happened, 
and um, you know my, my my stepfather just drove me and drove me just just to prove him wrong. You know what I'm saying? And even you know when my mom left him, it was it was hard because being being the person I was and going through what I went through, I still blamed myself. But <laughs> so so it was just like everything. I felt like always everything was my fault. So or later now that I'm older, I understand that it wasn't. But yet and still, I still have that very hard on myself mentality. So a song like Sun, when you listen to it and you break down the lyrics, I literally tell you verbatim um, what I went through as a kid and why what I found my purpose in. Like Sun is my testament to God, where it's almost like I'm having a conversation with him. And that's like, the, it's, it's Sun and Love Me are two songs in which I have a conversation with God. Like, mm. here, you know, dear Lord, every day I look in the mirror, that's long love me. On Sun, I'm staring at the world through my rear view, seems like it was yesterday, the way it, the clock is ticking by, I hear you. Like, meaning, you know, I hear you, thank you for my blessings, all the strength that you have given me, time heals all, but it's you that gives me energy. I'm talking to God, you know what I'm saying? And, and towards the end of the song, after I tell, I describe all the things that I went through, you know, lines like, all my life I've been battling demons, legions of reapers creeping my cerebral and begin to wonder my reason for being, mm. why am I, why am I here? Like, you know, all these demons that I have and yet and still I keep going. And then towards the end, I said, you want me to show I care. You want me to show despair, want me to expose myself naked for all my fruits to bear when no guarantee this will work. I'm betting on my savings, but I'll sacrifice my pride to others for my own salvation. So it's pretty much like I'm betting on myself, like despite the fact that I may not make it to where I think I want to. I'm, you know, I feel like you're telling me to do this anyway, just to, to, to tell people all of my flaws and all the shit that I went through, just so I can release these demons to the world, so people who can relate to and understand and feel better, and 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 in turn, I'll start to feel better as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's up for my own salvation with you. Like, you know, that so you you can see the fact that I used my hurt to help others. You know, despite the fact that I'm hurting, my my I'm using the talent that you blessed me with to express the hurt I feel and that I feel others feel and 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 teach them a better way. Like, you know, you know, your parents tell you don't be like, you know, don't do as I do, do as I say. Oh, don't like my go. like my mother. Like my mother. Exactly. Like your mother because your mother knows she made those mistakes in our past so we as we as kids when we learn more about our parents we start to be like yo but time out you did this when you were like 16 mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying oh i cut you know don't cut school ma you said you did that you said that when you were like 15 and they'll be like listen don't do as i do do as i say because they want you to learn from their mistakes Exactly. So that's kind of what I want to do through my music is show people the mistakes I made and the false, the false um, thoughts that I had in my brain. What my, what these demons have told me and tell them like, listen, don't, don't listen. Don't listen to your demons. Don't listen to those negative thoughts. You're better than that. Don't be like me. 
don't be the person that listens to all those thoughts and put himself in depression or put mm-hmm. himself through more stress or put himself through manic manic attacks or panic attacks, whatever. Be or better, seek to destroy it. Or, or seek to destroy it or resist being still, resist stillness, which is a big thing for people that nobody wants to do. Don't resist meditation. Don't resist therapy because these are all things encompassing that can get you to a better place of peace because you know you can you can strive to make all the money you want but if you're not at peace with who you are what makes you think that you're ever going to be happy exactly exactly you see see an example it's fact like you see an example like uh robin williams the man had the world at his feet people loved him he was beloved by the world not just the united states robin williams was world-renowned comedian amazing actor you know actor slash and 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 everybody knew him and and loved him people who were around him loved him you know and then when you watch his documentary and they have these discussions on him and they you know you had a director of i believe it was director of one hour photo when he was like the uh he was the dude that was kind of like in a cave on a walmart or a kmart and he, yes he did the pictures and stuff yes he had a there was a segment in the documentary where he describes how how robin williams was how beloved he was but you know there were times where robin williams would tell so many jokes and try to make so many people laugh that the director had to tell robin like yo like you know we love you and we love these jokes but we gotta get serious because we gotta get these scenes done oh and right almost it's almost like robin williams would kind of feel some type of way because in his in robin's mind he felt and he i think the director did tell him to say in the documentary that he did have a talk with robin afterwards where robin pretty much told him in a nutshell if i don't make people laugh then i'm not happy you know what I'm saying like that was his talent and and you know if he can't make others happy then he feels horrible about himself and the man killed himself mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like we don't you know there's so many examples of that Mac Miller like success, oh man success success you know um um low peep like dude, dudes like this like you 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 see these deaths and you wonder why Kurt Cobain you know we don't we don't know the full story of Kurt but we do yeah. know that Kurt, Kurt had depression fits you know he he had depressed states and stresses and all of that like the the limelight is not what everybody you know wants it to so when you learn about it and you see cases like this and you listen to Juice World's album and you hear the stresses and the the feelings of this being in this industry isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yes, yeah, dope when you're a kid, but when you grow up and you start to understand yourself and you start to understand the way the industry is, then you got to st- take a step back and say, you know, should I be careful what I wish for? Because yeah, I want this type of superstar. Yeah, I want to be a superstar, but once I get there, is it really all it's cracked up to? You know yes. So so I feel like that's that's something that 
people really need to think about and, and really understand within themselves. Like you can continue to chase and chase and chase something that you feel has eluded you for years, but if you're not happy with yourself, yes. how can you ever be happy at that point? Oh, gosh, that is just that is medicine to my my ever growing mind. <laughs> Ugh. Mm. Yeah, that is it's. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not weird. It's not weird. No, this is this is some. This is that is very important to know. Like when you're chasing when you're chasing a dream and a goal, you must have must remember not to forget who you are. Like you got to take who you are with you on that journey, not leave that person behind. But you have to be. You have to accept yourself as a whole because if you don't, you will fall for anything. You will fall for anything. And money is money. Can, money can give you everything that you want in this world, but it will not give you happiness. Yep. And it won't give you peace either. No, it will not give you peace. Yep. It, it, it's, it, is, it is a tool. It is not, it is not the, the is all end all. Because you Mm-mm. you can make that million dollars, but at, but what are you gonna spend it on? What do you want it for? And that's the what, thing. Mm-hmm. What, what is your why? You know, mm-hmm. and why that's a big question. That's yes. I, and I've met people that just say, "Oh, because I want a million dollars." Okay, but what do you want with it? You know what I'm saying? Like in my head, it's like, okay, well, what are you gonna do with that million dollars? I mean, I the obvious answer for most people is. Like myself, like I don't, money's never been the issue. It's just about like, you know, what do you want it for? What are you going to use it for? And what does it mean to you? You know yes. what I'm saying? If if it doesn't, if it doesn't mean something of substance, then what do you want it for? Because mm-hmm. then, then you just want it for ego, and, and you want it, and you want it to to fulfill. A, a, a wound that you have within yourself that's unrepaired and you think that you know getting that will substitute everything else and make it better mm-hmm. but, and then when you realize that's not the case then you're stuck you know what I'm saying then you're stuck that's why I believe you know being being more spiritual and in tune with God whatever God you believe in I'm not telling anybody to believe in any God that, that, that I believe in because right. I, what I believe in and I believe in um, Jesus Christ you know that that's me as a Christian you know I, I believe in but whatever God that you believe in you know what I'm saying seek seek that spirituality to an extent where you understand that it's bigger than just yourself and that mm-hmm. and that you find solace in yourself and knowing that you know things are gonna be alright and that you have a degree of love and compassion for other people and that money doesn't equal happiness money only is a tool to use for your happiness you want to be of course i want people want to be financially stable i do as well i don't Mm. want to i don't want to live paycheck to paycheck and worry about when my next meal is coming but i also have enough you know uh all this money and be sitting in a maserati and and not have nobody around me mm-hmm. you know and saying? only like, mm-hmm. no family 
no family, no like or treating people like I'm better than them. I I I I never want to allow myself to get to that point. You know, I I value people more than I value the mighty dollar. So if I if you know I when I die, that money ain't gonna come with me. That money ain't coming to the grave with me. It'll pay for the casket. It'll pay for the funeral. It'll pay for all that. But after that, does it bring? Does the money bring me back? No. I ain't Captain America. <laughs> oh so my goodness! Ain't gonna put me in a freezer and bring me out years later. Like this is real life, man. When you gone, you gone. That money goes to your family, you know. And what's crazy about that is, if you weren't in tune with your family, and like you know, yeah, you took care of your family, but when you're gone, it's like, yeah, they'll hurt for a little bit, but like, do they really feel the fact that you're gone at that point? Mm-hmm. If you if you let the money control you to the point where it was your is all end all, how do you get, how, do kids, how do your kids feel about you? How does your yes. how does your mm-hmm. wife feel about you? You know, like that 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 love was it really there? Did you build a relationship with your son and your daughter and your and your wife? Like, do they even care? You know, right. the family. Then the family wants to fight over all the money that you made and. Now the family's at odds because you were a rich guy, and now they want all your money. Like it is, it, you know. Well, what, what was it that that Spider Man said? With great, with great power comes great responsibility. Responsibility. No, no, know that that responsibility comes with a lot of hate. It comes with a lot of envy. You know what I'm saying? And, yes. You know, is that really what you want? Mm-hmm. So it, it all depends on the person. Yep, depends on the person. I'm going to come back to that question um, in just a second because we are running out of time and I want to get to part two. But yeah, I'm going to make this known real quick. Yes, when money becomes like the root of everything is like you don't have anything for any, you don't have room for anything else and it becomes a tool, it becomes a power of ego. Like with Adam, well, you've obviously heard of R. Kelly, no doubt. Yeah. Well, with, with mm, coming off of that, I remember hearing from his brother that he used the money that he had um against his mother because he he had by the time that he had became a big superstar his mom was um his mom was his mom was dying from cancer and by that time she had had a man and he wanted to control his mother with his money like if you want me to buy you a house you want me to do this for you you have to live by my rules. You have to get rid of your boyfriend. And his mother, his mom never really cared about the money. What she cared about was him acting like a decent human being. Yeah. She said, she said, nigga, I don't need your money. I'll go back to work and take care of myself. And she did. Now, despite what Joanne Kelly did in her life, kind of like, well, she didn't know what her son was up to. And and also also from what I heard, didn't did, wasn't there, you know, didn't R. Kelly himself go through some type of abuse? Yes, he did by his. It was by his sister and a neighbor, a neighbor. Which is sad. It really is. So. And he never received the proper training from it. Now I t- listen. I all day every day but at the same time I feel bad for for what he went through as a child but what you cannot do is is that you caught you caused so much hurt to a lot of young women and yep I agree 
and it spawned such a terrible uh, it's just that it, <laughs> yep the aftermath and listen this is it once he hits the trial which I hope they do not postpone again because of the corona if they have to do it virtually do please do so because this needs to be put to an end if you have to get everybody on computer please do yeah and I'm not going to keep going on about this because this is your interview. Now, let's talk about part two. What can we expect from part two tonight? So part two, um, well, what I am excited about for part two is, like I said, it's two different perspectives. That's why I broke it into part two parts. So the first perspective is very deep and very, uh, very triggering. Uh, and, um, you know, I added don't kill the messenger to it because it was from a place of frustration and question marks, uh, mm. which, which was dope. Um, cause it gave the out, it gave part one some more diversity. Um, but the majority of part one is very dark, um, and very introspective and questions. And part two is more of the answers. There's more answers of my own questions and what I need to do to reverse the spectrum and how I view different things of the world. So it ranges from the relationship that I have with my parents, which is the um, the title track of the album I know now, because I feel like my relationship with my parents directly affected a lot of things with myself and in my life that I didn't understand. And then, and then it goes into um, my dealings with like what I value the most, which is family. And then it goes into what, you know, my harshness with myself and, and um, having no regrets about things that I've done because at the end of the day, I learned my lessons from them. So pretty much, you know, telling myself to be easy, you know, be easy on yourself and, and don't let other people judge you based off that, you know, um, having no excuses about things like at the end of the day, I, it is it is me that is in control of my actions and what I do and um, to face those demons head on, like literally head on and um, do whatever I have to do to reverse the spectrum. And then to, to my thoughts on, you know, what's going on with, with uh, something in the world today as far as, you know, um, the government and, and things that I feel could, you know, that we need to realize and within ourselves and within the system that we're in. And um, even social media, you know, um, in social media and the numbers that we obsess over, you know, how many followers... <sighs> How many followers we have, how many likes we have, um, what, you know, and, and basing our, or, or, or as a musician, how many streams you got, like, even whether they're fake or not, like, you know, you see all these things and we, we base our level of importance on them. Um, and it may, that's something that we shouldn't do. And I kind of explained why. So, you know, I, I, I really delve into those deep thoughts and realizations, but the way in which I did it was in a very upbeat manner. So it is a, it is very, it's a lot more bumpy than the first one, which makes me excited because I feel like I'm going to have people that listen to this second part and be like, yo, the second part was better than the first part. You know? <laughs> the, first, the first part is very deep and I'm, and I'm so grateful for how people have connected with this first part 
that when this second part comes, I I just have a feeling it's gonna go berserk and people gonna be like, yo, this track, but this track, but this track, because you know lyrically I go in my bag, I will say, and and I really try to, you know, de- deliver to the listener, you know, a, a more positive perspective of this. Right. So oh, yeah, that's uh, that's part two in a nutshell. Mm. Well, we going to get it tonight. Everybody, too, is available on Spotify and SoundCloud. Are you also on Sound, um, no, Audio Mac? Um, I am not on Audio Mac. I'm actually, but I'm going to be. Um, right, as of right now, I am on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Deezer, YouTube, SoundCloud, um, Google Play, Amazon. I'm on all of those. So, you know, if you have an Android, Google Play might be best for you. If you have an iPhone, Apple Music might be best for you. If you're a person that's on Spotify, Spotify may be best for you. Or if you want to just purchase the album, which is dope, purchase it on iTunes. Mm-hmm. He's available, y'all. And I'm looking forward to part two tonight. And I want to thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure, Josh. It really has. Definitely. Thank you so much, Hunter. And thank you for having me. You know, I really appreciate you. And like I said, I, I, I hope you're, I wish you nothing but health, wealth, and success on this podcast. And, you know, and not just wealth, meaning obviously money, because we've talked about that. Exactly. Like wealth, wealth, and people. You know what I'm saying? I hope people continue to listen to your story. Um, because I think you have a story and, 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 you know, giving artists a platform is just so selfless of you and having them come and tell their stories on here is just amazing. So I commend you and I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. And I hope I get to come on here again. one day. Oh, you're always welcomed here, Josh, just like everybody else. And thank you so much. I'm going to keep going. And oh my goodness. I wish you, I wish you luck. That what we're here. And just with, listen to this project. I hope everybody loves it and enjoys it. And um, by the way, um, shameless plug, the day that the project drops, I will be dropping my video for I Know Now. Oh, y'all heard it here first. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to be, I'm going to keep my eye out for that. All right, y'all, this is been The Chronicles of G with Josh Jacobs. Thank you so much. Guys, have a great night, all right? Have a good night. Peace out. So home and make concern, I'm a man of my word Always say what I mean and express my concern Honestly, at a loss for my words Cause it's hard to conceive the new ways of the world This is changing indeed I've been making my plans, all I strive to achieve But it seems that my plans are in need of a change In exchange for the greed So if I aim to be great, I ain't gonna see another day Cause every mediocre motherfucker get another While the others gotta suffer for the art they wanna make And I've never been a masterpiece I bet you when I do, there's gonna be a lot of casualties For my masterpiece, always been the type of dude that want a masterpiece With no food or no hash or sheesh Living for a higher power like a bag of weed, it's
your mind and think outside the box You gotta find dirt and plant the seed Grow gradually and expand like a family tree Will they ever see my vision? Will they even listen when I spin what they did And as I'm thinking what is really going on But all they wanna hear is what I own I guess I'm gonna really have to blow Have they ever sung about the code? But that's the only thing a nigga know I'm gonna have to check them at the door And put these motherfuckers in a row And point blank range and let it go And that's the only way they're gonna know I'm for real and I'm tired of hearing the same shit from y'all All that shit's a facade to me So this the message I give to y'all This for y'all Side by me for the acts of glory Hide the tails of pack bills With a dense chill Ventilate your necks Like this man got gills How does it seem When the air is on you Take it like me No none, no few I say the clothes You lose it on cue Got views on views When man is abused But no, I Slipping on sight Get hit with the pipe When I pipe on the mic Then puff on the pipe Like the old man type I like it alright No denying my right Don't do it for the show I got sips, sips I'm trying to nip big Do the bullshit Slash to the seams I'm packed to gleam When a nigga trying to shine Gonna blind the eye I'm feeling right And I'm feeling nice Off my I'm too incise Off cruise to a lack of bruise Turning green like Bruce When I'm checking up a deuce deuce Get loose, get loose Big by the boom When I loom when the lean loom Elements of death When I spit five through the breath Take none, take none Only feel what the guys left guys, huh. I got cold the grinds Elevated through the space With the masterminds Masculine, immaculate More ways done than the eyes intent Better embrace when the man gets sent Listen to the vocals When the guys enchant When the weather's insane I got a piece of saying And name names I'm a soul at ease We red, we red Picture that you paint of an egregious Puerto Rican from the hood, always up to no good From the brook, so I gotta have a reason I act like a heathen, far from it when I'm speaking I'm educated with the greasing Something I'll never put my feet in Cause it ain't something I believe in This shit is going to the deep end Y'all remember where I came from But I ain't never gonna go back I know it's where I got my name from I wasn't raised in the street, I ain't never gonna know that My upbringing set the tone that I would be better than my hometown But represented from the homeland So when this shit about to go down I'ma be ready for the throwdown And I ain't never gonna hold back Get the message, bitch. I don't give a fuck about percentages. I'll be the one in a million civilians to change a game. If you ain't know what the message is, then you blind. Blind. Well, but I ask for the blind to the fact that who edits this and you embellishing. The fame and the fortune talk and real talk is irrelevant. I know I'm better than half of the rappers you listen to. Egotistical fucks will make a few bucks because you duck and flaunt stuff they don't own and they visuals. To me, it's pitiful. You take it as hate and I take it as changing the game up. Bring it back to the balls and the storytelling that inspired us when we came up. Hip hop. Don't kill the messenger. Don't kill the messenger.